What's up, party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as five, six, seven, eight. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. The Ins and Out Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, I speak to professional dancer and choreographer James Bennett. Uh, I was really fortunate I got to catch James at Wilkes Academy before he started teaching for his day. So if you can hear, that is quite echoey because we're in a dance studio. Um, I had such a great time talking to James. He spoke to us about his time working on Britain's Got Talent and what it was like working on a set with the COVID regulations, which is quite interesting. We talk about how he kind of broke into doing commercial choreography from more of a musical theatre background background we also talk about him coming out at the age of 15 and how it was a difficult time for him and how he couldn't find his place i guess to fit in or was perceived a specific way we also talk about his time at college how he was the in air quotations the underdog um and then we talk about a bit about his time working as a professional dancer and how he did multiple auditions for the show dirty dancing Feeling super fortunate to have James on the podcast. It was such a great discussion. Also, we now have new merch available. The Ins and Outs podcast t-shirts. You can see them on the Ins and Outs Instagram page. They'll be advertised. If I can see you in person, uh, it's £15. Otherwise, you have to pay postage on top. Um, I'd love it if you support the podcast, rep the clothing, help share the podcast with people. So £15 for a t-shirt plus post and packaging, which should be around £3. Um, But yeah, so if you want to order it, just hit us up. Message me on Instagram or on Facebook or any form of social media and we can arrange that. Also, I am teaching at BASE this Saturday, the 3rd of October. And I'm also teaching next Saturday, which I believe is the 10th. I might be wrong, I'm not sure, at 6pm covering Alex Shondoff, so it's 6 till 7pm at Base Studios in London. Sign up, come through, it's going to be a great time. Here is the incredible James Bennett. Boom, and we're in, and today I have with me the incredible James Bennett. Hello, good sir. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? You'd be even better if I actually had you plugged in. Oh, no. 
Boom, there you go. See, that's when you Oh, we al- oh yes, we're alive. That's why we always do a mic check first. Oh, I can hear, my, I can hear myself now. So that's you're quite <laughs> disconcerting, actually. <laughs> I'm very loud. Um, so you said you're all well and dandy. It's very early for a podcast for me. I don't normally do a 9am, yeah, but I was quite sorry. excited. I was like, yeah, no, don't be okay, sorry. This is different. Normally I do like a, a, a wine or a cider in a podcast instead of a coffee. Yeah. Which that I feel like is more of your street. Yeah, way more preferable, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, but you know. How is it being back to, I, I want to say normality, but it's not really normality, but it's the closest thing too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is like, I, feel, I, I actually personally, I do feel like it is quite normal for me. I've been quite lucky in the respect that towards the end of lockdown, I have sort of managed to sort of go back into work a bit more, um, albeit with weird restrictions, what have you. And then, yeah, we're back teaching, which is great. Like, Mm. I feel, for me, I do feel like it is, I feel like I'm back in the real world, which is nice. And especially because, obviously, you went and did Britain's Got Talent, right? Yes. Straight out of lockdown. So you're probably one of the first shows to be back up and running. What what was that like? Was it stressful? Um, It was, I think everybody had very different sort of, um, oh, what's the right word? Uh, I think there were a lot of uh, circumstances on the show, you mm. know. So some people had been directly affected by COVID. Maybe they'd lost a family member or people in their direct circle were, had been ill. Some people had not seen it at all. So you got, had a lot of people, you know, like yeah. thousands of people, you know what it's like, yeah. coming together from all different departments um, and sort of converging on this one space, but with lots of different opinions on it. So yeah. it was quite... Um, it was quite an experience, I think. I think we just had to be careful in respect to the dance team because obviously normally on the show there's 16 dancers. It had been pushed down to 10. Mm-hmm. There were less things for us to do on it um, and less things for Nikki and I to choreograph on it because you know, there just w- weren't as many acts yeah. um, in the studio. And um, So I think it was a bit of a weird year and my first year to do it. So mm-hmm. it was like... A, a very different experience for me, I think. Yeah, because te- it's not like 10 dancers isn't a lot, but I think the show is obviously used to having more. But with the restrictions, like, what were they? Like, even when you're choreographing numbers, did you have to be mindful of, I guess, the image that you portray into the audience? As in, like, uh, did, did you have to think about maintaining social distancing? Yeah, we did. Even via dance, so people don't go, well, they're breaking the no rule. No one could touch. Everybody had to be two metres, if one metre, 100%, if not two metres apart at all times. So, Transitions, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the widest gaps. Exactly. And, I mean, also, it's a big show, like, it's a big show with a big stage mm. anyway, but this year, because they didn't have an audience, they created um, three different stages, so it's all linked to one, but it's, I mean, it's huge, like mm. ridiculously huge. And you could individually use all three stages. So then if you, if there were points, you know, in some openers where we were using all three and then you try and spread only 10 dances, over three socially distanced <laughs> over those three stages, it's like you can't even hear one another <laughs> from the other side. Um, so that was quite a challenge, I think, to, you know, and there were times when, Nikki and I were sort of doing things, prepping things, that we really wanted to naturally go into a bit of partner work or this or that. And um, obviously you just couldn't do it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, it wasn't your first time as a choreographer on a show, for a TV show, was it? Because no. you did The Greatest Dancer I did the greatest dance last year. Was that your first time choreographing TV work? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. How did yeah. that come about? And what, what was it like? Did you enjoy it? 
I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, basically, I had worked with OT before last year, um, or maybe even the year before that as well. Um, and also, in fairness, I had assisted Karen Bruce on mm -hmm. stuff on Strictly before. So I'd sort of been in that realm, worked in TV, obviously myself as a dancer and film. Um, and then Oti and I had done two musicals last year, uh, worked out that we worked together very well. Mm. Um, and then she, basically on The Greatest Dancer, they were sort of changing it up. They'd done one season and they were changing it up for the second season. Mm -hmm. uh, so that each person had their own choreographer. Oh, so nice. each judge had their own choreographer, basically. So, um, yeah, for Todrick, it was um, Dean Lee. Uh -huh. For Matthew, it was Nikki Tro. Um, uh, for Cheryl, it was Callum Powell. Mm -hmm. you know, Callum. And uh, for OT, it was me. Yeah. Um, and then Beth was creative director over all of us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting for me. I really, really enjoyed it, and I learned a lot from it. Mm -hmm. um, and I also learned that it's, you know, mediums and I think this is weird in this country that we are split up a lot yeah um, whereas I don't I just don't think we need to be you know it's, yeah. you naturally would choreograph how you see the audience wanting to see it whether the audience is sat out front or whether they're at, um, whether you've got a camera coming around here or a wide shot mm -hmm. or whatever it is you would do it naturally I think so that was interesting for me to to do it in that sense. Yeah, because I it's guess cool. you've choreographed musicals and stuff like that, and that is, I guess, what you're predominantly known for, is yes. musical theatre. Yeah. So to step yeah. into the, I guess, TV realm. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. Even though it's, yeah. it's the same, but it's not. Yeah. Do you know what well, I mean? Well, that's the thing, yeah. And it is, uh, like, obviously, I, I know them all anyway, so we would laugh about it. They'd be like, here's James coming to do yeah. that. You know, whatever, <laughs> which I'd laugh. Um, but uh, actually choreographically yes okay you had to change certain things or what have you which was great um but realistically i think as a choreographer you would do that naturally anyway mm. because even on stage you'd think okay uh this bit i want everybody to be lit and i want it to be a huge number and i want everybody to be sat out watching it from mm -hmm. from the front or maybe this bit i'm like this is intricate and i want them to follow it or i want them to follow that person around so you know you create those things yeah. on stage as you do in in tv as well so um yeah but i loved it i loved it it's really fun well how did you find like the turnaround time, because obviously musical theatre, normally you go, this is your song, you've got three months yeah, to yeah, make sure yeah, everyone knows yeah, what's going on. Yeah, obviously, it's not just yeah. one song, it's an entire you know, yeah. performance. But with yeah. TV, that you, you know, I don't know if you experienced it, but lots of times as a dancer, I've experienced it, where you rehearse it for your th two, three days, you get on stage and they go, no, no, that don't work, got to do it. And it's a new number within 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at, yeah, actually, um, in fairness to musical theatre, I mean, don't get me wrong, you do have time to prep. Yeah. Um, and obviously a rehearsal would probably last, if you're lucky, four weeks. But that is to do the whole show and we've got songs to learn and all that. So, but having said that, when you work on original musical theatre, it's exactly the same. Oh, really? So until that point, you know, you see, um, unless it's been done in Broadway or something has come over, then they know the structure and they know exactly yeah. what they're doing. But if it's original stuff, then you, you're creating it, you think it looks great in the studio, you get up on stage or something minuscule changes, exactly like in TV, um, and then you're left creating a number in an hour to yeah. get on stage. So I've had experience of that in musical theatre, and that's actually, for me, I prefer working like that, like yeah. I'm sure you do. I love the buzz of oh, it. The, the challenge of this might not work. <laughs> yeah, <Like> exactly. <laughs> 
And for my brain, I, uh, you know, it just happens then. Yeah. I think sometimes when you have too much time, you just take, you know, you go around and around. I sleep and around. on it. Yeah, like exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, you get complacent. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you start to think, oh, I'm going to change that, I'm going to change that, I'm going to change that. Whereas really it was fine to begin with or, you know, whatever it was. But, um, yeah, I love that. I love the bats. And we did have that on The Greatest Dance, our little bits. Uh, on The Greatest Dance, we had it a lot on BGT this year, little bits. But we're going back next next week for BGT. So Brilliant. We're doing the, um, the final. Uh, oh, the big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, any magical moments? Uh, I don't know yet. We've got a meeting. TV. We've got, yeah, I don't know. Got, I'll find yeah, out the exactly. before. Got a meeting tomorrow, but uh, I don't know, you know. God knows what will happen on, <laughs> on Monday. Who knows? But that's one, why I love it. Yeah, one day at a time. Yeah, you exactly. You still go get through a day of teaching. Yeah, exactly. Um, definitely. Yeah. How did you get into like performing? How did you get into dance? Um, I'm I, assuming you were young. I started young. I started really young, but then I stopped. So um, actually, I wanted to be an actor, uh, not a dancer at all. And then I also did gymnastics because mm-hmm. I just thought it was so cool. Um, and I went to acting classes with my elder sister and was showing off one time and done the splits or something, you know. And they said, I'll come and do, come do the dance classes. Yeah. And I loved it. Um, and then when I went to secondary school, I quit all of that. Because it's not cool in secondary school, yeah, is it? Yeah, especially where I was from. It was just was not the dumb thing. And I didn't... I didn't really know who I was and I didn't, you know, so... Figuring life out. Exactly, exactly. Um, So, yeah, then uh, it was purely by chance at the age of 15 that I met this girl, Bria, who um, I used to dance with. Me and her used to be partners together and stuff like, as as diddies, you know. And she said, oh, do you want to come and do this show? And I was obviously, I mean, I was awful, you know, (laughs) awful. But I went and did it and um, then sort of loved it. And then actually going from there back into, pardon me, I did my GCSEs and tried to go into AS levels. Mm. I don't even know if you have those anymore. No, I don't think we do, but... No, um, but I I just just realised that school wasn't for me at that point and um, went and auditioned. Mm. But really, like, I have to say, I really learned proper dancing at college mm. I, d- I wasn't I was quite raw when I went to were, college were you like uh, were you smart in school I was smart academically I was smart yeah, yeah. Um, was I naughty really because I can imagine you being yeah. like knowing you just from being in the staff room you're always the loudest in the room and, <laughs> yeah. and the highlight of the room so I can't imagine you in a quiet sat down environment no, like no. not trying to make people laugh no I was I definitely had a lot of strife with my teachers Um, and I remember actually history I was completely uh, banned from going to history (laughs) in the end so I had to do my whole history GCSE which I got a B for by the way on my own they put me in a a, um, A cell basically (laughs) a cell yeah I was I was told that I had to go to a classroom on my own every every day or however often we had it I can't remember like three times a week or whatever um, and um, yeah, I was given a textbook and told to learn my GCSE myself. Wow! So, um, so sh- script learning got good quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? it taught me life skills. Yeah, that's for real sure. quick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could be a right little nightmare. Do you I'm think sure. that um, 
because as performers we're quite like eccentric right like mm. we're quite loud like mm. i was always the wasn't super naughty in school but a similar thing like the yeah. chatty kathy like oh i can see it in your eyes you could like, never you it, could yeah. never shut me up like no, they'd be exactly. like anyone got a question and i'd just find a reason to talk yeah. you know like it'd be Pulse. anything like where'd you get your shoes just something yeah, yeah something yeah. idiotic and the whole goal was to make the room laugh you know Absolutely. and do you think that do you think a lot of performers have that i know not everyone but Definitely, mate, 100%. And I also think, and I don't think I'd have been able to say this at the time, even probably a few years ago, I wouldn't have necessarily realised it. It's only sort of now and maybe in the last year or two that I'm starting to think. I realised at a very early age that I would get bullied for being gay or get bullied for dancing or what have you. So in order to combat that, I had to be the funniest one or mm. the one that would bully first, which I'm not. I'm, I'm ashamed of now. Yeah. But, and I definitely put people down to, to make, to, to sort of uh, protect myself. Yeah, it's like a shield. Absolutely, 100%. Not to, I mean, I would love to think that I protected those people as well where I could. Yeah. Um, but I was 100% wanted to be the funny person to, you know, and I learned how yeah. to do that very quickly. And we're also, we're performers. Yeah, it's like so. a defense mechanism, isn't it? Completely. But I see that even like you know, uh, teaching at colleges and classes, you know, the one that struggles normally, not yeah. always, but they have something where they try and hide the struggle. Of course. I always use, uh, and I don't care, I'll tell him, I've told him a million times, Ross Clifton was my oh, ultimate yes. example. Like he was yes. not the most able at the beginning. Yeah. So he covered it up with comedy Absolutely. and would try and make the room laugh. And I'd be Absolutely. like, just do it. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 completely. But I feel like we all kind of do that in our own way. Completely. And then the thing is, when you when you do get the ability, like Ross did, you know, mm. and he's, he worked really well, hard and as now well. Now he's incredible. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant. And then you also have the funny. And mm. that's what, for me, like, I love working with those people. I love being around those people. Because you're talented. You get to work. You work really hard, but you have a laugh at the yeah, same yeah. time. Um, I think it's really important to, to learn that. It's, it's survival, actually, really, in a way, isn't yeah. it? It's survival. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely was the loudest. Yeah. 100%. So you said you got bullied for dancing and being gay. Was dance not a big thing where you were at the time? No, no, not at all, not at all. I grew up in Kent. I grew up in, like, Nigel Farage country, yeah. you know. It's, it was, I, you know... You got to play football. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think I even was taken to football at one point, like... I couldn't, I still now can't kick a ball. God knows how, because I can do You can stuff. with a beautiful back. Yeah, I can <laughs> do stuff in the leg. air and <laughs> kick and stuff, but I can't, still can kick a ball. Um, but I, I just didn't, like, I knew I didn't have an affinity to sort of, like, to those things. And I didn't really realise why. And also, I think life has changed a lot since our generation oh completely you know like it's come on so much and in a very brief amount of time i definitely would still say that i was brought up in a straight world mm. whereas now i don't think kids are necessarily brought up in a straight world don't get me wrong it is still straight but it is known that there are other options as a kid yeah. when i grew up i didn't know that you could be gay i didn't even know what gay was you didn't have a like uh any role models? No one. Like there was no one publicized or televised for you to look up to unless you happen to know someone who was close to your family or something. Completely. Like it wasn't a thing. Which you wouldn't have had in Margate because mm. no one would have been openly gay mm. in Margate. And I actually think like uh, when I did come out, I came out at 15, which was very young, young for that time. And um, that it was like, you know, everybody knew that there was a gay kid at school, you know, um, not just at school, but I mean in the, in the yeah. whole area. Um, 
Uh, but also sort of going back to the role models thing or, or like having access to gay people on, on TV. The only people at that time that were on TV were drag queens or, you know, like your Lily Savages mm -hmm. and your Dame Evra, Ever, yeah. Everett and all of that, you know, which um, is, is one part of the gay world. But it's, I think, um, for a gay man or a gay child at the time sort of trying to work out who they were, um, you, I definitely needed access to people that were just of a more normal level. Of, I mean, that's awful. To say no, normal, I understand. I uh, normal, not such an extreme exactly. way of projecting exactly. it. Completely, I guess. Completely. You know, it was very over the top and absolutely over drama. It was completely camp and brilliant, yeah. and like that is, and I love it and I adore it. Um, but I, you also needed to have um, like your Gareth Thomas and, you and like your exactly your, sporting your butch heroes guy, yeah. and all different types of gay because. Still in this country now, we would, and we're very lucky to live in this country, but still in this country now, we would associate, a lot of people would associate being a gay man for being camp, and that's not what it is. Mm. It's, you know, so, um, I, yeah, definitely when I grew up, there wasn't that, what, that I didn't know what it was to be yeah. a gay man. And I remember, you know, people saying to me when I did come out, um, so what, what do you think you're going to be? Like, what, you know, how, how will you be? Yeah. And I just, I couldn't understand what they were saying to me. And, and then it dawned on me that they thought I was going to all of a sudden become a drag queen or um, change or what have you. If I wanted to be a drag queen, I'd be a drag queen. Like, yeah, I, yeah. you know, great. But I didn't want that. And I, I was saying, I don't, I, this is who I am. I, nothing's going to change with mm. me. I am camp and I am stupid and I am funny. And, but um, there's also a lot more to me than that. You know, I'm not yeah. going to change who I am. Um, but yeah, certainly in my area, it was... Uh, yeah. yeah, and you obviously now it's not so much, but it still exists. I like even the fact that I danced and I was taught by mm. a gay dance teacher. Everyone yeah. was like, "Are you gay?" Yeah, do you know what I mean? I'm like, no, I just dance. Like, yes, I just yeah. want to be Justin Timberlake. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Hello, Justin. Like, yeah, and okay? Usher. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because there was actually um, a bit later then when I come out. Then there was another guy who came to our school a bit later for the AS levels. And um, he was gay, he'd come out, and obviously everybody's natural instinct was that obviously we they're would be, be together. They're gonna be boyfriends. Yeah, <laughs> because they're the were only you? two, no. Oh, that'd have been so <laughs> no, good. No, I know, and we were. And we were. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, and it's weird actually, because we didn't even barely even talk, you know, I think. Which is nuts, because actually you probably could have helped each other quite a lot. A hundred percent, and we should have, and we should have grouped together and been, you know. Nice Started your own squad. We, yeah, exactly. But uh, we didn't, so yeah, yeah. I think we were fighting against each other at the time. As, yeah. <laughs> Who's the gayest? <laughs> in the gay in the village. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But then at the same time, it's like everyone put the stereotype as you're going to get together. So maybe even a friendship you probably rebelled from that because completely. you didn't want that to completely. be completely and we didn't know like we didn't know how to be i see people still don't know how to no. be you know still learning all the time um like with the black lives matter um movement right now you know it's like people still are learning all the time about our mistakes in the mm. past or about how you're being every day with different people and 
Um, and also what we as individuals won't put up with anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that has happened, not just with the BAME community, but all the gay community. I think a lot in general in our particular industry, uh, you know, with women, with different men that are slightly different or mm. whatever it is, you know, it's, um, I think a lot of people sort of starting to stand up and say, no, enough's enough. Yeah, now. this is enough. Yeah, yeah. No, which is great. Yeah, it was fantastic. Really yeah. Especially because uh, like we have so many different characters within our community and it comes from so many different cultures. You know, we, we pick we pick from everything. We pick the, the art from every culture or every, you know, from Bollywood. We take from uh, like Egyptian style movements. We take from all these different genres. Absolutely. So then if we're yeah. not open to understand them, then it doesn't make sense, right? I completely agree, completely agree. We should be, and we're the ones telling the stories. Yeah. Like we're the ones that should know the stories and we should know the past of them and we should represent them in a, in a true way that's uh, respectful. Yeah. You know, um, which has, you know, a lot of time hasn't been done in the past. Um, and I'm sure won't be done in the future either. Of course. Um, and also, like, one point to say, I think, on that as well is that we are all slightly weird and wonderful in this, in this industry. You have to be to be as resilient and mm -hmm. to keep working and to be able to put yourself out there and do the crazy shit that we do. Yeah. Um, but that also means that everybody is open to sort of be looked at as slightly different yeah. to whatever normal is. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it, I think even on, even to the sort of white straight male dancers of our industry, they would get it as well. You know, everybody yeah. is slightly different. I was watching um, Little Mix The Search last night. Oh, I want to watch it. It's, it's actually really good. Yeah, yeah, really yeah like they've, they've nailed yeah. it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, they do like, they search for the first boy band and boys come Love out it. and they're all, they're all like, a lot of them are like white, straight laborers, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. electricians. Yeah. And they talk about like that they get picked on on the site for like being a singer right. and stuff like that. Yeah, and, to, and to me, I'm like, well, that's way more manly than what yes, we do. Yeah, like, come on now. Like, <laughs> you're, you're a scaffolder <laughs> yeah. and you happen to sing. That's yeah. fucking cool. Like, really and, cool. They, and they're like, oh, I'm going to get shit for this. And I'm like... Yeah. Yo, You're well, hanging out with Little Mix, how are you going to get shit? But are we still in that day and age? Are we still in that time where, like, yeah, if you okay. just like singing? Like, this is the thing, it's really difficult because we're the same. We take the piss and we still take the piss out of ourselves. Like, of I love humour and I don't want to um, ever ruin that. Yeah. But, yeah, we, I do think things need to change. And we don't get how lucky we are a lot of the time to live in the country that we do live in. But also, we live in a slightly different world, I think, to the vast general public of mm. the United Kingdom. Um, and I said this to my family the other day, if I go on tour, there are still pubs that I'd walk in that I would definitely not be welcome in. Oh. And the, the fact that they could judge me on who they think I am or my sexuality or anything, just by what my hair looks like or by what my voice is what like. What you dress like. What I've got on or exactly. Um, what drink you order. <laughs> Which is always lager. Right, yeah. It's always lager. Is it? Yeah, Good. always. I'm like always. a pink gin. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. There With you the go. With the cocktails inside. There you go, nice. there you go. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think we still have a long way to go in this country, definitely. Yeah. And in the world, like, a, you know, massively long way to go. No, I agree. But I feel like we're taking very, very baby steps, but yeah. they're, they're steps in the right direction. A hundred percent. Like, if you think, you know, 15 years ago, you couldn't even get married. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, and actually, in 15 years, the amount that has sort of changed 
worldwide is amazing compared to the last 200 mm -hmm. you know in that's in that sense it's come on loads yeah um but yeah we definitely still need to make changes yeah definitely. i agree so you said that um you first really learned to dance when you went to college right yes what college did you go to performers oh okay yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah what was that like going there for the first time i guess oh. And I imagine, tell me if I'm wrong, but you'll go into a place where you probably walked in and went, oh my God, there's loads of me. <laughs> yeah. Like I fit oh, in. Oh, 100%. I'll never, for well, actually, so I'll never forget. I mean, honestly, like I was walking in the dark and the dance school that I did go to, um, the sort of the, the, the owner of it, Julia, she helped me apply to different colleges, to lanes and performance mm -hmm. and stuff. But I mean, I applied late. So for lots of them, I'd already missed the audition. Mm. Um, and it wasn't like now where you could send in an uh, tape, tape or, yeah. you know. Um, an Instagram clip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look how cute I am online. Mm. Um, so uh, I've missed a lot and I will never forget. Oh, the first one was Lanes, which I mean, like for a guy who not really danced much was the most daunting thing ever. But and I went, it's the most prim and proper when you walk in there. I couldn't believe it. Like it was just another world to me. Um, and also I'd barely been out of Margate, you know, so it was really sort of mad to see other places and um, I went out for a fag obviously at the time and um, met one of my friends, Bjorn, who's still my best friend now. Oh, so, you know, that was probably, God knows what, that was 2002, 2003, yeah. so 17 years ago. Um, and he's still my best. He was, he was my best man at my wedding. Um, but I remember him. He had red hair because <laughs> he'd already been. He'd been on the foundation course at Performers already. Yeah. So he'd been in the like in the beers for yeah. you know for a bit. And I just thought, wow, you're so cool. You know, he wasn't cool at all. He's like the biggest nerd. Yeah, but he's um, one step ahead. Absolutely. And just to meet another gay man that I was like, wow, this is so yeah, this is great. Um, anyway, he went to performers, um, and then when I went to performers, I instantly, I mean, for me, uh, the vibe of performance was, performers was way more me than Lane's was. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was still quite a naughty kid, even at college, I was quite naughty. Um, Betty Lane wasn't letting you get away with that. No, man, no, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I mean, Brian Rogers and Sue Stevens, that, uh, performers, they, I mean, they cracked down on me. They, uh... they chased me down the corridor, screaming at me. I mean, I was naughty, but, um, <laughs> but I, I was sort of a bit more accepted there. Um, but I, I definitely, when I went in that, that first year, it was very hard for me at college because not just for me, there were a few of us in that box, mm. um, who hadn't done much. And there was also boys in the box that had, uh, in, in that year who had been, you know, they'd been at White Lodge and they'd, um, yeah. you know, they'd done a lot before. So I was walking into ballet. I'll never forget it. I had, um, my mum had gone out and bought me some black tights from Marks and Spencer's. Brilliant. Um, Why do so many mums do this? I know, but bless, like she didn't know. They try, know. but they have no idea. They yeah, go, you just no need idea. tights. Yeah, exactly. And um, I wore a white River Island vest and I had sort of white sports socks on. Um, and, you know, I walked into ballet and I just had no idea what was going on. Um, and I cry, like I think for that year, I think I cried every night, <laughs> like every night. I was Billy Big Bollocks when I was in there in the day. Yeah. But then when I went home, I was, yeah, oh my God. Why? Was it because you felt behind? I was so behind and I, I just, and this is what I try to teach here and at other colleges is that um, if you work hard, 
and college doesn't end for you at five o'clock or six o'clock or whatever time you finish. If you keep going and try and try and try and try and sit in second or do commercial at home or mm. sing every night or whatever, even if you're shit at first, you're gonna you're gonna improve. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, uh, you know, luckily by sort of second year I'd caught up. I, you know, yeah, mostly. Um, Were you like, you know, you you have the the student who is naturally gifted, mm. and then the one which is not naturally gifted but works really hard to get there. I think, if I'm honest, I have probably had a, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I was a very, I was naturally I was a performer, and I didn't have to think about performing. It just I just did it. Um, and I had that on my side. So I was way more commercial when I went. So the, all the commercial teachers loved me. Mm-hmm. Um, the technical teachers hated me, but they loved me because I tried hard and I had a laugh. Mm-hmm. And you, they could see that I wanted to do it. And then by second year, I actually won, like they had an, uh, an, oh, sorry. Okay. They had an award for the second year, you know, whatever. Hardest working or? Yeah, um, which I couldn't believe because I was still so naughty, but I won that and that, um, that sort of like showed me, oh, okay, I'm getting there now. Mm. Um, but I, I think because I'd done gymnastics and stuff at a young age, although I hadn't danced and I did lose a lot of flexibility, I got it back quite quickly. It was still there. I had to try and I remember sitting every night like watching dinner, uh, watching TV, eating dinner in second and mm. stuff like that. But I did, and, I, and in lunch breaks, I'd be dancing in the studio and all of that stuff. Um, so, but I did have probably more natural um, ability than yeah. many others would have. Yeah, that's that's. It's nice to hear that. You know, you've you've been very successful, but it was due to obviously everyone works hard. But if you weren't the top of the set one straight away, yeah. you weren't the favourite. You know, I, like Kane, I was never. You in went set in one. as not the underdog. Never. That's the yeah. wrong word, but I was. I was like I do. F- I and that's why. And I think. I I couldn't understand, not that I couldn't understand it, I just, um, I was used to being like Billy Big Bollocks and come, like getting everyone going and stuff. And then when I saw what other people could do with their bodies, it was terrifying. I just could not, didn't even know how to sort of comprehend the the steps or linking steps together or Mm. stuff. Um, so yeah, it was it was, and I and I do think a lot of people actually don't know what hard work is, and I don't. I'm not trying to push that I do do that, but people think they're working hard and they're not. They're I mean, not. you know, I it, know, you know. <laughs> if you're not if you're not sweating, you're not working hard. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I sorry if you're someone that doesn't sweat. I'm not sorry. Yeah. Like this yeah. is the time for you to figure out. I've still got time to figure it out. Completely. Completely. Yeah. And still now, you're always learning. Like. I'm sure you're always learning. I'm always mm-hmm. learning. And if I, if I can f- f- learn something off somebody that I'm working with, I want to. Mm. Um, but I don't think many, not everybody is like that. I think a lot of the time you're, the bad person in your head gets the best of you. Yeah. And it says, I can't do that. So I'm not going to try. Yeah. I luckily didn't have that switch. I did a bit. I was a bit embarrassed sometimes, but... If I fell on the floor, I fell on the floor. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't the end of the world. Nah, I, well, I, I have a thing where if people fall over, I give them a cheer. I congratulate Absolutely. them. Absolutely. I'm like, that means you're pushing further than you've ever pushed. Absolutely, 100%. Like, and Kane, you're no Joe Dice and she won't mind me. Yeah. <laughs> She's one of the most phenomenal dancers of our industry, yeah, right? Yeah, and agreed. She's worked for 
Everyone. God knows, 45 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, and still working. I can still do everything with her body. She come in, she did, the, she did this audition for us on Friday. And um, she fell over in the audition. Brilliant. And it was, you know, like brilliant because you had people from this college, Spencer and Grace and Poppy and whatnot that came from this college. But the rest of them were people that had been out in the industry for a long time. And I was so glad that, you know, you're like, come on, that's still now. Yeah. You're falling over. I fall over at least and, five times a day. And what's weird is, which people don't really understand, as a, someone who's done this for a long time, you accept that. Like, you don't, go, you don't go, she's cut. <laughs> no. you, you go, it's brilliant. Like, yeah, it's brilliant. How do you, how do you salvage it? Absolutely. How do you, how do you recover? Exactly. That, that's what I'm looking you for now. You spin on your ass and then yeah. you get back up you and do something fab. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, you best fall like Which it's the obviously best obviously she did, yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, brilliant. So, yeah, I think it's really important to be able to just let it go. Mm. Let it go. When you were at college... Obviously, by the time you were second year, you got like the hardest, the workhorse award. Yeah, <laughs> <Like> yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yes, so proud of that. Thank you. Um, by the time you left, like when you got to like end of year shows and stuff like that, were you the kid in the pieces? Were you the picked mm. one? Were you one of the chosen ones which gets told you're going to make it? Yeah, I think um, there. I was lucky because I was in a very talented year. And I also think that is one reason that I and a lot of us got to where we have got because we all pushed each other. Mm. And it felt collectively like, right, come on, guys, we're going to smash this. I still speak to people at Performance now and they would probably say that it, as a year, we were very special even now. Um, commercially and musical theatre wise, a lot of us went into really good work. Um, but yeah, I think there was a, probably a core group of us that were definitely picked for a lot of the things. Mm. Um, and I, I was one of those people, but I worked hard and I wanted to do it. And yeah. I, you know, um, and I'd, I would pick me now. I know that sounds awful, no, but not at all. if I was that, yeah. I would do that, yeah. Because it's a, it's a mentality thing first, isn't it? Like, you know, okay, he's going to work his ass off. He's got the work ethic. That's a mental thing. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a talent thing. Completely. And I say that's the first people, step. Absolutely. I say it to people now in class. Um, I, would, I, I was definitely not the most uh, talented person. Mm. But did I get the jobs? Probably yes, because... A, I'd bring something to the room. I was talented, and so you can't say that I wasn't talented, but I'd, could someone have got their leg higher? Could they have trick, 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 trick? Could they have been a beautiful turn-up, whatever? Yes, they could have. Um, but did they bring what people want to work with? Maybe not. Mm. Were they a nice person? Maybe, Maybe not. Yeah. You know, I don't know, but... Yeah. So then leaving college, what was that like? Because that's normally... I always say it's people's make or break. That first year, it decides yeah. if they actually continue a career or if they go, I've not got a job and I'm shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, So yeah. then they find another route, which there's yeah. nothing wrong with, but I, I truly believe that as long as you're at a certain level, mm -hmm. that you just need to be patient and consistent and it just takes different amount of time for everyone to get a job. Completely agree. Completely agree. And I would say, um, you know, again, people might look at the what I've done and think that I've had it lucky, but actually if I think about some shows like I did, Dirty Dancing, for example, I auditioned for Dirty Dancing in my last year of college, in my third year, and I remember they liked me because they got the dance captain who was a girl at the time from Australia. I think it was maybe the original year that it came over, 
from Australia. Um, they got me to dance with her and all that stuff. And I thought, oh my God, this is, this is it. Like, I've I, made it. I've got it. Um, obviously, I didn't get it because I looked 12 years old. Um, <laughs> I mean, you look 14 now. Thank you, so. Kane. Love you. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but I auditioned for that show every year for like the last 10 years. And then I got it maybe like eight years later. But I didn't stop going to the auditions. I didn't mm. give up. I didn't think fuck this, I'm too good for this shit, I'm not going to do it anymore. Or am I allowed to swear, sorry? Yeah, of course. Um, I didn't, yeah, normally you do it with a beer, so you Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I wanted to, I, it was a show that I was felt like, this is amazing and I want to do it and I'm not going to give up on it. And then the first time I got the job, I was a dance captain. Yeah. And it you took know, eight times. To, yeah, at least, probably more. Which is, yeah. which is amazing because it's like, especially with it's a generational thing but now we're we're so glued to instant gratification right mm, we're so glued mm. to getting things so quickly whether mm. it's something on amazon we don't need to go to the shop i can get it delivered by tomorrow whether it's i want to watch a film i can just download it instantly whether it's i need to get hold of someone i can do it instantly Absolutely. if i need information it's instantly Completely. so as soon as we get given that you have to wait or yeah. you have to work or Got you have work to work towards it yeah. you know i feel like that's already everyone especially for the younger generation i want to say millennials but what's the new generation i don't even know they God knows, yeah. generation xyz i don't know <laughs> yes, like they i see that resistance like even in like classes at like studios in london like professional mm, studios or mm, at colleges mm, as soon as there's mm. a, a barrier or a difficulty you see them go Ugh. Completely. And you're like, Rather no, no, than go, push I'm pushing to the front. Kane, please show me this yeah, again. I've got to get it. I've got to get it. I've got to get it. Yeah, I completely agree. And also, don't forget that, um, you know, in musical theatre, with, so for Dirty Dancing, for example, I auditioned for that in my last year of college, but there would probably have been about four or five, maybe even six rounds. Wow. So, Hairspray, I got, I think I did maybe like seven rounds for, you know, um, it's in and out, in and out. So each time I did Dirty Dancing, each year, I probably would have got, well, I would have made One the final. I would have made the final. Well, I always got to the final. That's what was very... <laughs> <laughs> of course no, you did. But that's what was almost <laughs> harder for me in a way because I was like, okay, this year I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm in, you know, and it'd be like, hi, James, <laughs> I come in. Yeah. You know, I knew the routine inside out. <laughs> I'd done it. <laughs> 5,000 times I've done everything um, and then I still didn't get it but uh, you know you just got to keep trying if you want it to keep trying if you don't how did you take the easiest way to say the losses how did you take that I didn't get it sometimes I was very good at it and sometimes I was very bad at it like I I think um, I had a, a, a very lucky time of it to be honest at the beginning because I left college and I went straight into a show so and then after that I don't get me wrong, I still, it was nerve-wracking to leave that show because at the end of your contract, you get asked, do you want to stay? If they like you, they offer you Do you, you want money or do you not? Exactly. <laughs> or do you want to take, cut your losses and hope for the best? You know, and if you're Bet lucky... on yourself. Yeah. If you're lucky, you maybe have set up a show before, you know, mm. to go to. But often it doesn't work out like that, as yeah. you know, in the commercial industry. Sometimes you're just waiting for the next thing to come up. Um, and at the end of Rural Rock You, I was, I, I thought, now nah, I'm young, I've got to move on. Mm. Um, and also, I'd loved my experience, but creatively, I wanted something else. Um, and there were shows there that I was hungry for. Like, I knew I wanted to get hairspray and stuff like that. So, 
um, I decided to leave and um, an audition and luckily I got hairspray. So I went to straight, I had two weeks off and went to the next show, you know. Nice. Um, but after, and then I stayed there for a while and after that I had a few other jobs, but they, not a big show. And there was probably maybe about six months where I was doing little gigs and commercial stuff and things like that, but nothing big. Mm. Um, and that time for me was quite difficult because I hadn't experienced that. And mm. I, that was my first time that I had to go and work in a coffee shop. And, mm. you know, apart from before in college. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm no stranger to hard work. I love hard work. It's a I different do it. hard work because I guess you've got to work hard for something that doesn't interest me interest you yeah. or engage you in Absolutely. any way whatsoever completely and i would go into any job whether it be a greengrocer or a whatever it was and give my all because that's what that's the type of mm -hmm. person i am but i also had been used to being uh busy and using my talent and my body and doing stuff and felt important and i felt loved and i felt you know so then for the first time where you're like no, you're nothing here. Go, no one cares go and about wash you. the dishes. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, okay, yeah, I've got to, yeah. Which is what, definitely good for me as mm. well because I think it was a time that I probably needed, in fairness. Yeah. You know, I, not that I'd got weird. I hadn't got weird. But I just, um, I, I appreciated what I had a lot more. Yeah, and I think that's what lockdown has done for everyone. Definitely. I think it's definitely a massive wake-up call of how lucky we are to be in the positions that we were in. Absolutely, 100%, 100%. And I, I don't think always is complacency. I don't want to sort of brandish everyone with that, but I think sometimes you, you can get complacent in, an, in a really harmless way. Like you're just used to what your you, life yeah, is. Yeah, you, you adapt. You, absolutely, you're used to working or mm. you know, whatever your life is. It doesn't always mean that it's a bad thing, that mm. complacency. But should we appreciate what we do? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm sure, like, when you take it away from someone, they would realize how great it is. But when you do it every day, you know, yeah. it's like I always say to, uh, especially college students, I know you, this doesn't feel exciting anymore because you're in second year and you've done it yeah. every day for the past two years. Yeah, yeah. But when you leave here and you only get to take one class every Absolutely. other day, yeah, yeah. you'll be like, oh, my God, what do I do to dance six hours a day again? Completely. You know? Completely. I'd love to go back to college now, even though it would absolutely kill I know. me. I'd be, I'd, be yeah. the, I'd be the crap one again. Yeah, oh my God, <laughs> me like too. <laughs> I'd be crying every night at home, yeah. 100%, 100%. Um, what was your, what's your favourite job that you've done? I've, it's got to be Dirty Dancing, surely. I don't know, you know, like, I loved Dirty Dancing. I really loved it, but it was so hard. It was so hard. Um, I mean, on the body, like, brain-wise... Um, I think me and the girl dance captain on that job, we counted, you know, there was 165 separate dances for us to learn and teach. I mean, by the end of it, I could do pennies. I could do, I could dance the whole show as baby. So you could do any track? I could do all the men, all the women, pretty much. Um, and put myself into the lifts as a man or a woman. Mm. Um, but it, God, it was hard. Like, but a, an amazing test. Um, but I liked, I just like working on different things. Mm. I like testing my brain and learning different styles. And um, like, I'd love to go into a commercial job and make someone have to teach me house or like, yeah. you know, shit like that that I've just never done. I'd love it. I'd really love it. I love working with OT because she's pushing me in a completely different way to how I would normally work. And I push her in a way that she wouldn't normally work. So 
that's something different for me, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and I get to learn ballroom things and stuff like that that yeah. I hadn't done before. Um, so yeah, I just like different things. Have you ever had the mo like a is there a standout moment where you're like, I've achieved my mm. dream? I remember, I do remember, um, I don't know, I think maybe there's been like a few, a few points in my career where I thought, fuck, how has this happened? Yeah. Like, how has this actually happened? Mm -hmm. Or I haven't necessarily noticed it, but maybe my husband or someone has said, James, do you know what you've just fucking done? Like, that's amazing. Um, because I don't, I don't necessarily realize sometimes where I'm going, mm. you know, and I just blindly, happily go for gold and, um, and then something will come up and I don't think anything of it until I'm like, oh, okay, that's mm. happened. Um, but actually probably one of my first, one of my first things was being on stage in the West End. Like, and it didn't hit me until it was, I turned 21 mm. and um, I remember taking a bow and being like, Fuck, I'm on the West End. And that was something that I just not thought about. I just did it, yeah. you know. Um, but then for some reason that night, like on my birthday, I'd thought about what I'd hoped for as a kid. Mm. And that was what I'd hoped for as a kid, to be, on, to be in the West End. That was something that was so unachievable for me as a, kid, a gay kid from Margate. Yeah. No one had gone to London, really, that I properly knew. No one had worked in the West End that I knew. It just was a dream. Yeah. Sometimes when I go back home to Cardiff, I drive past the first place I went to dance. Yeah. And that's when it's like a realization. And I go, I remember coming here every day. And it was just uh, or every week on the day I went to dance on a Friday, whatever it was. And that was like my highlight of the week. Absolutely. You know, that one, that one hour and a half class or yeah, hour class, whatever completely. it was, was the highlight of my week. And I always think, damn, if you could have told 14-year-old Kane that this would have been his life. Like he would have he'd never have believed you, you know? And it's those ones where you give yourself a pat on the back. Cause I do feel like in our industry, we are very hard on ourselves, Definitely. but that's why we achieve greatness. Cause we don't just settle for, Absolutely. oh, I've got something else, I'll chill here. Oh, completely. You know what I mean? We, we always strive and completely. critique ourselves. Absolutely. Like I imagine you're the same, like 95% of the time you see yourself dance back, you're like, you pick it apart. Completely. And actually, I think um, more so now than more than ever, actually, because uh, like I, I was so blind with it in a way that I just did it. I just did it. And I, I loved getting notes from my dance captains or the, you know, the, my choreographers or whatever who I was working for. I loved it. I actively wanted notes like, yeah. you know, but I... I, you, we weren't able to critique ourselves because we didn't film ourselves or no. anything at the time. So you just were hoping for the best, you mm. know, whereas now um, we are able to do that and you are able to sort of push harder. And I think, um, so yeah, I, yeah, definitely do that always. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing, definitely. It is. But then also it's a bad thing because everyone wants to film everything. Yes. And it gets yeah. accepted, Completely. whether it's... Average but or fantastic, it gets told is fantastic. A hundred percent. I say to the students here often, don't um, you know, f record yourself singing, or or better still, get someone else in the class or someone you live to uh, live with to listen to you or watch you dance rather than filming it, mm. so that that you're getting notes off your peers. You're getting you know, yeah. 
um, because they're the hardest people to perform in front of. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, easy to do it in front of a panel that you don't know, but... Or 100,000 or 100, people you don't know. But exactly. as soon as it's your person that you spend yeah, every like, day with, oh, you're like, oh, shit, man. Yeah. Like, sometimes yeah. I'll be like, oh, I'm teaching today, and Georgia will go, what are you teaching? I go, this song, she'll show me it. And yeah, I'm like, like ah! Yeah, no. oh my God, I can't dance in front of my husband. This is like, weird. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. right now? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. in the living room? Absolutely. Lockdown. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that taught us a lot. Yeah. And actually, yeah, on Rocket Man, that was one of the first times that I had sort of had to perform again and give it in front of my peers. And I remember there was one thing where me and Callum, Powell yeah. had to dance together as, like, you know, sexually together. Yeah. And we were like, what the actual fuck? In front of everybody, you know. All your was friends. Like, that was, it was yeah. so put on the spot. And that was me a few years ago, like, as a, mm. you know, as a man, as a confident man. Yeah. Did it shit me up? Yeah. But did I love it? Yes. yes. Loved it. And Callum's a hunk, so. Callum's an absolute hunk. So win, really. And like my brother. <laughs> so it was like weird incest and horrid. But yeah, we're always, we're still now being put in that position. And I think it's good for us. Yeah. I definitely think it's about making the uncomfortable comfortable. Definitely. And, and if you can thrive in that uncomfortable environment, or learn to thrive in that uncomfortable environment because you won't at first, of course. Yeah. But as soon as you learn to thrive in that environment, then yeah. And you're uh, gonna get knocks. Everyone gets knocked all the time. And as long as you can go, okay, that happened. Bye. Yeah. Move on. Hopefully, it won't happen again. You know. Yeah. Fingers crossed. But you learn from it, right? I, I, I try to think failing isn't failing. It's learning. It's a oh lesson. Oh my God, failure is so important. Failure is so important. Because w- what you find is the people which never get failure, as soon as they get it, it's like a, being Destroys hit by a train. Them. You know, Destroys them completely. And you've got to learn. You've got to learn how to deal with it. And if you don't, like, it's really important that we teach that as well. Yeah. And that you, you know, everybody learns it. Um, and you're able to sort of laugh at it. Sometimes not laugh at it, because sometimes I think failure is something that if it could have been avoided, it's important that you learn from it and you don't laugh at it and you mm. don't, you know, because we care. We yeah. care what we do. Um, and then sometimes when you just fucked up or, you know, you've fallen over or whatever, then you let it go. You have to be able to go, shit happens. Exactly. Or if you don't get the job, yeah, it's difficult, but bye. There'll it, be it, another one out it there. It is what you. it is, you know. Exactly. If you could give a piece of advice for someone trying to break into our industry or in it but struggling, what would it be? Um, I would say, um, oh gosh, wow, oh my god, uh, I would say, try, work hard, and don't give up. Mm. If it's what you love, then pursue it. If you don't love it, find something else. Because you're going to live unhappily forever, unless you've got the love for it. Then try. Yeah, and last question, which is my new favourite one: If aliens came from outer space right now and were like got their alien gun and pointed at you, were like James, <laughs> give me the best dancer on human Earth, in your opinion. Oh. Otherwise, I'm going to oh blow you all up. God. Who would wow. yours be? Okay. Um, oh gosh, that is so difficult. I know. Because singular dancer, mm-hmm. like... There's millions. It could just be someone that really inspired you, I guess. Do you know who I would love to say, um, and she wouldn't be the best dancer, but she taught me so much, is a ballet dancer called Lorraine Swain. Mm-hmm. She's absolutely phenomenal, and she was our ballet teacher at Wilkes. It at wasn't, Wilkes? 
I'm Wilkes. I'm get a Wilkes it. now. I'm, get performer. I'm performers. Oh, That's my like, God. You say ballet. Oh, my God. Uh, um, yeah, she, her, not just her, a few people there really, like, made me realise what dance was. Mm. Um and will all, that will always last for me. Yeah. And that's what I teach them now. Like they, what she taught me, I try and teach, yeah, you know, my own way, on. but I teach them. So yeah, she's Lorraine Swain, she's a legend. Brilliant. Dude, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. You have to thank teach. Thank you, loved it. Now at Oh yeah, class. fab, yeah, fine. <laughs> I saw it then, I was like, 10 o'clock, ah! that's wrong. Panic. Um, thank you so much, and uh, it's a pleasure talking to you. Mate, thank you. Boom. Thanks, Kane. We out. Yay! Thank you for listening to the Ins and Outs podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Share the podcast with your friends and family. And buy yourself a new Ins and Outs podcast t-shirt. One love. Bye.